CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, and hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Wickwire, pastor of Turning Point Church in the great city of Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm filling in for Mike today. And it's so good to be coming your way. We're going to miss Mike Kessler, but he's on the road. And he'll be back, I believe, tomorrow. But meanwhile, we're going to answer Bible questions and looking forward to hearing from all of you. You know, we hear a lot of things from a lot of people about the Bible, about what God is saying or not saying. And uh, a lot of people are wondering what's going on in our world. It seems like it's just gone off the hinges. We're about to have a former president uh, booked into a county jail in a, about an hour or two. And it just seems like it, that's just incomprehensible, but it is about to happen. And uh, so that's got to be upsetting millions and millions of people as uh, just the attack against him has just been relentless. So that's going on. And then a lot of churches are just walking away from the Bible, walking away from the Word of God, not choosing to obey the Scriptures or to even consider them to be God's Word. But that is not where we stand here at To Every Man and Answer. Uh, we believe it is very much and totally and consummately the Word of God, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. God literally breathed out this book. And so it's a great book, the greatest book in the world, the all-time bestseller. And uh, we're looking forward to answering your Bible questions today. So if you want to give us a call, the lines are open. If you call quickly, you can get in the first 30 minutes, and surely we'll more than likely get to your question even before the first half of the show is up. So go to the phones, 8888-ASK-CSN. That's 8888-ASK-CSN. And give us your question. We'll do the best to answer it. And we'll have a great time of uh, fellowship together as we answer those questions. And with me today is Greg Blanc of Calvary Chapel Community Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, I was kidding with him before the show, South Dakota. And he said, no, it's not that way. It's not South Dakota. That's yeah, the way that's, I've always heard it. But anyway, good been, to have you, Greg. Yeah, great to be with you again, Jeff. And yeah, that's pretty much Minnesota, but uh, and and <laughs> and North Dakota. Sometimes they have that that Canadian, don't you know, kind of yeah. kind of accent. Yeah, I'm but, thinking of that uh, movie. Uh, what was it? it? Some movie where Fargo, Fargo or something. something yeah, like that's that. yeah. that's North Dakota. We're uh, yeah, North Dakota. So North anyway. Dakota. Yeah, no, we're yeah. we're South Dakota. We are the free state of uh okay. of South Dakota. So uh, yeah, grateful to be on with you again today and Jeff you were you were mentioning just the craziness of what is about to happen and and I don't think we had a chance to discuss this but but it isn't it just lawlessness isn't that what Jesus predicted as one of the end times signs yes. that uh that there would be lawlessness and when you have a double standard the way that we do that's exactly what it is. You, violence is everywhere and it's promoted and it's not punished. Just yeah. nobody. It's, nobody well, it is, is selectively. It. Yeah, it's selectively punished and selectively. That's one yes. of the really distressing things. You know, you've got these these DAs uh, throughout the country that they don't prosecute crimes. They 
They allow shoplifters to walk into stores and load up the cart and walk out. And if it's not, I don't know, last time I heard it was like, if it's not $900 worth, then you're not going to be prosecuted. And uh, so people are just destroying businesses. And yeah, we're we're seeing large scale lawlessness all throughout the United States. It's crazy. I've seen YouTubes of it. They they go into stores, load up their carts and walk out, uh, fill their car up and drive away. And the, 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 you know, the owners of the stores and the management and the employees just stand there and watch because they, they will not be booked into, into jail. So DAs that are not doing their job and it is, it's pure lawlessness. And the scripture does say sin is lawlessness. So, you know, here we are. And I want to read Ephesians six says, uh, and we all know these verses, but boy, I'm sure thinking about these verses today, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, but we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're, we're not literally in a wrestling match with flesh and blood, with people, with human beings, not, not ultimately, but we're against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So, uh, that's the forces of darkness. That is Paul describing the satanic hierarchy that exists in the unseen spiritual world. And um, certainly today we're, we're seeing darkness manifested on a level in America that I have not seen myself. And uh, it is pure lawlessness. So uh, the only solution, ladies and gentlemen, is the word of God. That's the only solution is prayer and the word of God, because the word of God is pure, undiluted truth. And so we're here today to answer questions from the Word of God. So again, we've got a few lines still open. Quick, go to your phone, give us a call, 8888-ASK-CSN, and we'll get to your call as quickly as we can. So let's go ahead and go to Joshua in Henrietta, New York. But Joshua, before we get to you, we, we did get a prayer request, and I that just came to my memory. We, we've got a prayer request for a lady named Carol who lives in Crum, Texas. And she was, uh, I think she was going to call a question in, and then something happened and she ended up in terrible pain and she's being rushed to the hospital. And her uh, relatives, I, I guess her parents or her husband or somebody uh, called in anyway and said, could you pray for Carol? So let's, let's pray for Carol before we take the first question. Lord, we just give Carol to you. She was going to call in a question. And Lord just came under some kind of an, an attack on her body. And now Lord is being rushed to the hospital. We pray for her that you will touch her, that you will heal her, that you will undertake and intervene for her. And Lord, whatever this is, uh, Lord, give her a good report at the doctor. Give them a quick solution. And we just thank you that we're going to hear from her anyway, in spite of this temporary attack. And we're going to be able to answer her questions sooner or later. So thank you for hearing us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to go to Joshua in Henrietta, New York. Hello, Joshua. How can we help? Hi, pastors. Amen to that. I, I just want to say amen to the prayer for Carol. Hopefully they're okay. Yes, amen. Okay. So, and what What is your question in, today, Joshua? Back in high school. 1998, I got into a fight with a bully, and he slammed my head into a wall and damaged the Wernicke's 
region of my brain so that I couldn't process verbal language very well and I couldn't really speak to very much of anyone. I was almost mute. And uh, wow. however, a side effect of that, which is kind of surprising, is that I started having like visions and I started inventing all these things. I believe I was blessed with the gift of creation. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. I have not. Okay. Well, I invented everything from text messaging to LED light bulbs, compact fluorescence, reverse osmosis, Nintendo Wii, Red Bull, the Snuggie head-on, and I can prove it. Well, Joshua, let me just say, um, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about what happened, uh, because that is certainly, you know, it's, it's amazing how people can be so uh, damaged by, you know, we see people fight on TV. It's never really like it is on TV. Uh, you know, you, you're knocked down, you get back up, everything's fine. A lot of times there's not even a red mark on your face because uh, it was a, a bad production for a show. But um, people get very damaged in fights, and I'm so sorry that this uh, happened to you. Um, and I want to have a prayer for you. And Greg, I, I'm sure that you do. Uh, two, you would like to join with me in, in praying because, um, you know, sometimes only God can step into our minds and really bring the healing that we need. So I want to pray for you too, as, w- as well as like we did Carol. Let's just, let's just go ahead and pray for you too, Joshua. So, uh, Lord, we just thank you for touching Joshua, for healing him. And Lord, we just give to you his mind. We pray that you will help him. We pray that you will lead him out of delusion. We pray that you will lead him out of deception and give him clarity of thought. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, even though um, doctors may not be able to do it, you, Lord Jesus, can do it. And so we ask you to help Joshua and heal him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Joshua, thank you for calling. and. Uh, God bless you, and our prayers are with you, and uh, we re- really mean that. And let's go now to Paul in Longview, Washington. Paul, how can we help? Well, um, I had heard a uh, sermon sometime back, and they quoted a particular verse, and I never wrote it down, but maybe you guys can help me. This has to do with people who make uh cruel or unkind remarks to people and then say oh well i was just kidding i was just making a joke and the the pastor who was doing the program said that that um there's a verse that condemns that particular behavior and i can't remember what it was and maybe you guys can tell me and i need to listen um listen to your answer off off the air because I've got a I'm on a coffee break right now that's almost over. Okay, great. Uh yes, there is a verse on that and it's called coarse jesting. Um based on what a translation you're reading, but it's Ephesians 5:4. And let me just go ahead and read it to you and I'm reading this out of I think the New King James. Yeah, New King James. And um Paul is going over a series of things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And um, here's one of them. He says, don't let 
filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks, be named among you. So not fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, don't let it be named among you. And then right there with fornication and filthiness, he says, coarse jesting. And so you think, well, what is that coarse jesting? I mean, why would that be lumped in with those? Because coarse jesting has to do with humor that is either um, colorful, that is uh, immoral or on on the dirty side, or you are jesting at someone else's expense. You're you're using humor at the expense of another. And it hurts the feelings, it offends. And so the Bible says that it should not be done. It's put right next to foolish talking and jesting. So this is one of the sins of the tongue. And uh, so when you, for instance, uh, make a joke, say about somebody's weight, and uh, you know there's other people around, and, and so you cut a joke about uh, their their size, and um, everybody laughs. But that person, they walk away wounded, they walk away bleeding on the inside, they walk away feeling uh, rejected, and depending on um, their temperament the level of sensitivity of their soul, you can really send somebody into uh, years of issues uh, of with rejection, uh, with feeling ostracized, with having no confidence. You can really knock somebody out of the saddle. And of course, dirty jokes, we don't need to explain that. We know what those are. But the coarse jesting is just that. It's coarse. It's it's abrasive. It's It's rough. And uh, it's not something that uh, any Christian should be involved in. You should never make a joke at someone else's expense and hurt them. So that's what it means. Greg, your thoughts? No, I I completely agree. The first uh, the first verse that came to my mind was in uh, was in Colossians. You know, Colossians chapter four. I think it's verse six. It says, "Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you uh, ought to answer." uh every person or 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 each one and i think man what a what a topic that probably every person listening to the show today can relate to because we've all you know the lord has allowed people to say some cruel things to all of us and and some of it is just a test if we are going to do what what you had mentioned before where you know we're we're sin and bounds grace much more abounds but for the believer we, you know, one of the things I've been saying to our church here in the last, oh, I don't know, maybe year or so, over and over, and it's stemming out of, of probably just my personal walk with the Lord is, is Lord set a guard, right? Proverbs tells us to set a guard over our mouths, and uh, I don't know, I don't know how you grew up when you were when you were a kid, Jeff, but back in the day when I was growing up. You would get in these, uh, you would get in these cut down contests with people and, you know, yo mama jokes. And obviously that escalated to more stuff. And it was, you know, it's just worldly behavior. But, but, uh, as a Christian, you, you're a new creation and we are to limit ourselves to the parameters of, of what we are told in, uh, in the word of God. And, and you know we we're we're not to repay evil for evil we're not we're not to do that and we are to turn the other cheek but jeff you'll probably agree remember remember that old uh 
Uh, that old saying, you know, sticks and stones, you know, will break your bones and names will never hurt me. Well, that's not true. No, I, it's, it's, I, I understand it's a the principle. <laughs> yeah, I understand yeah. the principle, but but words can hurt, and we can hang on, you know, to those. So, Paul, if you're uh, if you're still listening out there, uh, every person here can relate to uh, to that pain, and yet the answer is going to be the same for all of us. We just need to surrender that hurt and that pain to the Lord. And ultimately, we just have to realize that God is madly in love with us, and He will never say anything to uh, to, to, no. to hurt our feelings or to uh, to no. wound us, Pastor Jeff. And the, yeah, and the Holy Spirit will never lead you to to do that to another person. It's coarse jesting. It, it, it's also a frivolous talk, you know, just meaningless, vacuous, just talking to talk. Some people just love to hear themselves talk, and uh, so. But I think mainly the the, the gist of the coarse jesting is. You're hurting someone, and we should never do that. That's just not something Jesus would do. We shouldn't do it either. So I hope that helps, Paul. Yeah, Ephesians five four, or was it four five? I'm writing it down. It's five four. It's it's five, five four. four. You might want to start with uh, uh, three five three because he goes through a list of things that should not be even once named among you. Wow, not even once. So that's one of them, the course jesting. So uh, go to Ephesians 5, 3, and 4, and you'll find it. And um, very, very important verse. And it's a great call, Paul. Thank you for a really good question. Thanks much. Hey, you be blessed in Longview, Washington. Stay on the line. We'll get you a couple of DVDs for calling in. And uh, you, you be blessed. And we'll go now to Jim in Lakeview, Oregon. And again, if you want to give us a call, folks, we've got a few lines open. 8888-ASK-CSN. Call quickly and we'll get you in. Jim, in Lakeview, how can we help? Thank you. Love you guys. Listen, God gives us gifts and abilities and we can enjoy them. And what I'd like to do is keep them in the path of honoring the Lord. But on the other hand, there's I want to make certain I don't give room for Satan. I don't want it to move into a prideful situation. So it's the very same thing, but it's just dependent upon your approach. And I was wondering how you could, you know, make certain that you don't give Satan room and you're not stepping into the killer den of pride. You mean pride when you use your gift? Yes. Um, yeah. There, Paul talked about why would you boast about something that you have received? If you've received it, then how can you boast? In other words, if something is a gift to you that you had nothing to do with, uh, you know, every Christian has a gift. Peter talks about as each one has received a gift. That's a Bible verse. Peter wrote, uh, as each one has received a gift, so let him use it. Now, so at least uh, every Christian has gotten at least one gift. Now, there's no way that we can boast about it because the very word gift means it didn't come from us. It didn't originate with us. We didn't come up with it. We didn't create it. It came from the giver of gifts, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're honest about where it came from, then you're only using something that is that God has made you a steward over. Like, let's just say God calls you to teach, teach the Bible. Okay, you start teaching the Bible and God blesses your use of that gift. Well, it's not blessed because of you. It's blessed because he gave you that gift. And that gift is what's operating through you. 
It's sort of like the donkey that carried Jesus into, into Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday. You know, they were throwing their coats over, over the donkey and throwing the, the palm branches in front of him as Jesus rode him into Jerusalem. But none of the to-do that was being made had anything to do with the donkey. It was all about Jesus, not the donkey. And I often say that to myself. You know, if you ever start to feel like, you know, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I mean, I, look how God is using <laughs> me. All you got to do is be honest. Be honest about, it, you know, what you're doing and how you got it. And if you're honest, you're the donkey. You're the one he's 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 riding on to, uh, like, say, take you into a church or take you into a town to bring the word, take you into a group of people. But it's the one that is using you to to get there and to and to reach them. It's not you, uh, you know. So maybe a lot of our listeners don't want to say, "Hey, you know, I'm the donkey." But I'll say it: I'm the donkey. If Jesus wasn't on me with a gift, I could never ever do what I do. So when you're honest about it, then you say to yourself, "Look, I didn't come up with this. I received it." And if I received it, then how can I brag about it or strut about it or think that I'm really something? So, Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, I was just, uh, it, it's funny that this topic comes up because maybe a half an hour before we came on the program, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was just saying that, you know, as a pastor, I, 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 I'm just fulfilling a role. It's no different and no better than the, the role of the, gals and guys that we have over in the nursery, you know, rocking a baby and teaching the kids or, or, or serving as an usher or a greeter or media team. You know, we just have a role to serve. And biblically, you know, we read in, uh, in first Corinthians 12, look at verse 18 and says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body as, as he pleased. And then he goes on, Hey, you know, the, the, the eye can't say to the hand, Hey, I don't, I don't need you and the nose can't say to the ear, you know, I don't need you. You know, we're, we're, we're one body and many parts. But I, I think I understand, Jim. I think that's, I think I, number one, I appreciate your honesty of recognizing that the potential exists. You know, maybe you have a little higher, uh, uh, a higher role, at least that the congregation more visible would probably be, you know, maybe you're in worship or maybe you're a pastor or a, or a leader or a Bible teacher. And, and, uh, and the enemy could, you know, <laughs> he's dumped all of us, uh, in that area, but we, we just have to be reminded and Jim, I'm sure that, that you have already thought of this, but God uses the foolish things of this world, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to, uh, to, uh, confound the confound wise, the wise. Yeah. right? So if you have, you know, if you have opportunities to be in that role, good. But, but I, I bet Pastor Jeff does this as well. Every time you go into the pulpit, you just say, Lord, I, I just want to glorify you and, and I want to stay humble before you. You must be magnified. You know, you must be lifted up. I must, yeah. I must decrease. You must, uh, you must increase. So, Jim, does that help yeah, you? If I could throw, yeah. Oh. If I could throw a verse in, Jim, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. There's your verse. Here's what Paul writes. What do you have that God hasn't given you? Great question. The answer is nothing. Everything I have, God gave me. 
And then he continues, and if everything you have is from God, why do you boast as though it were not a gift? In other words, it doesn't make any sense to boast about something you didn't have anything to do with as a gift. So if you want to look it up, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, look it up in a few different translations to get it really down into your spirit. And just remember that. I think if you remember that, you're going to, you're going to do fine. I hope that helps, Jim. Let me ask this. You, both of you are powerful pastors that are, are, have strong, clear word pictures that take us spiritually to wonderful places that we want to go. And you can feel, you know, after listening to you or other pastors, you can feel you, you, your heart, the Holy Spirit, and you're saying, yes, yes, inside. I want to be that way. I want to do that. I want to. And so, so you probably have people come up to you and tell you what I just told you. Yes. And it's you you can't stop doing it because that's your job and you you you're honoring the Lord with what you do but you don't want it to take over the uh, uh, no, ungodly position. No, let me tell you what I do. I'll, I'll share with you a personal habit real quick. Uh we are coming up on a on a, our break, uh, but I think I'll be able to get this out in in time. Um every time I preach. Now, I speak three times a week. I teach Wednesday nights, and I teach two Sunday morning services, two different messages. Uh, and after every time, my habit is when I get home, I go to my room, I get on my knees, and I give the glory to God. If he, Like, for instance, Sunday, we had a lot of people get saved. Well, I went home, got on my knees, and I thank God for what he did and I give him the glory. That's my habit. And when I do that, it is a reminder to me, Jeff, you didn't have a thing to do with it. You're the donkey. Jesus used you to to get to those people, but what you saw, people being saved and uh, you know, brought under conviction, being delivered from darkness to light, from lost to found, blind to sight, you didn't do that. God did that. I could never do that. And when I verbally give him the glory, it keeps me in my lane and I don't get out of my lane. And so you might want to try that just, uh, you know, verbally out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You give God the glory every single time, no matter what people say to you. I've learned don't take compliments literally and don't take criticisms literally. Take them both with a grain of salt and uh, that'll get you far. So. Jim, thank you so much for calling. We're on our break right now. Don't go anywhere, folks. I see all of the lines are are full. Uh, but if you want to get in, uh, give us a call as soon as we come back. 8888-ASK-CSN. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots for MediShare. And Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, Yeah. Uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people. My experience has been MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah. And see, a lot of people who have switched tell me that it's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it. And it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So 
Um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers. <laughs> okay. Uh, call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. You're dialed in to CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. We have over 300 stations nationwide, including multiple stations in Nevada alone. You can listen in Las Vegas, Reno, Carson City, Winnemucca, Wells, and many more cities throughout Nevada and across the nation. Find your local station and a complete station list at csnradio.com. CSN International, where God's Word is heard. Due to listener demand, CSN presents the large print, wide margin King James Version of the Bible. This special edition has a generous type size, extra wide margins for notes, a 76-page concordance, and other features. The large print Bible is available now for a contribution of just $39.95 plus shipping. You can order your very own copy of the large print Bible by calling 1-800-546-8731 or by going online to csnradio.com. I'm Jeff Wickwire filling in for Mike Kessler today, who I was wrong at the beginning of the show. Won't be back tomorrow. He'll be back Monday. So good to be with you. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, with me today as co-host is Greg LeBlanc from Calvary Chapel in Grand Rapids, South Well, it's close. Yeah, right. Rapid City. Grand Rapids, Rapids I think, is, Rapid yeah, City. I think that's in, yeah. That's yeah, in yeah, okay, but I got it. Rapid City. We're not a thriving metropolis, like. Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, get into traffic, you're not missing anything. So anyway, good to have you with us, everybody. And we're getting some really good Bible questions and got a couple of lines open. Most of them are full, but if you want to give us a call, we'll do our very best to get to you today. So call 8888-ASK-CSN. And we're going to go now to Pablo in Nevada. And Pablo, good to have you with us. How can we help? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I just have a question that's been on my mind for a while. I, uh, I'm a, a, a hoper in the um, pre-tribulation rapture, and um, right. I hear a lot of people talking about it, but I've had this scripture in the back of my mind that's for a while, and it's 1 Corinthians in 15, I forgot what verse it is, but it's in 58. 15. 52. Yeah, 58? I, I yeah. It, yeah, it talks about... Um, at the last trumpet, um, oh, uh, I see. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll be will be changed, and then in Revelations, you know, I've read and I've had the pastor at church read uh, where it says there was the first angel blew his trumpet, and uh, you know, one thing of wrath was poured out. The second angel blew his trumpet. So, how does can you clarify that for me? How does how does the the trumpet in Corinthians? Uh, how is that the last trumpet where we get changed and the other trumpets in, in Revelation uh, seem like they're the first, second, third, and fourth. So, Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Pablo, uh, it, it can seem a little confusing at times. So you are asking a question that probably every Bible student has asked at some point and 
I'm going to explain it to you. I just taught through the book of Revelation a little while back. And so I spent the time to make sure that I could put it in C-spot run language, number one, so I could understand it. And uh, Spurgeon used to say, uh, put the cookies on the bottom shelf, put the cookies on the bottom shelf where the kids can reach them. So Pablo, mm-hmm. hopefully this will, uh, this will help. Um, uh, I am obviously pre-trib and I talk to my friends who uh, would choose to say that they are mid-trib. And this is the discussion that I've had with them. And they would claim that the the trumpet in 1 Thessalonians 4 and the trumpet in 1 Corinthians 15 and the trumpet that we read about in first uh, uh, in the book of Revelation in chapter 11, right around verse 15, they would claim that they are all the same Trumpet, and since First Corinthians fifteen and Revelation eleven fifteen are uh, well, they're saying that they're the same trumpet, and 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 they use the term last trumpet, and since the seventh trumpet judgment, and this is what you're talking about, Pablo, seventh trumpet judgment in Revelation eleven is the last of the trumpet judgments, and since Revelation eleven is basically right there at the midpoint of the trib, then they conclude that means that it's a mid-trib rapture. Now, I do understand how they get there, but I I explained to them that they're they're missing a couple of things. And you're gonna want to write these down or maybe listen to the program again and and uh and uh and write them down then. These are the things that you have to make sure that they understand that these three trumpets are not linked, they're not the same trumpet, because the trumpet in First Thessalonians four, the Bible says it's the trumpet of God. It's the trumpet of God, and it announces what? It announces, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's the trumpet of God. And in Revelation 11, it's the trumpet of an angel. Number two, you want to tell them, in First Thessalonians, the trumpet announces the coming of Jesus for his elect, the church. We would obviously see that as the rapture in Revelation 11. The trumpet announces a harbinger of judgment against the wicked. So hopefully you're seeing that they're, they can't be combined. Plus, chronologically, Revelation 11 isn't the last trumpet. There is one more, there is one more trumpet judgment or trumpet in Matthew 24, 31. So what I tell people, study it out for yourself, come to your own conclusion, but but another support for pre-trib rapture is based on the doctrine of imminence. I think that you know that. You've heard Pastor Jeff talk about that all the time and, and Pastor Mike, that the Bible clearly teaches that no man can know the day uh, or the hour that Christ is uh, is uh, going to return. And we, we just know that he's going to return at any moment as a uh, as a thief in the night. Pastor Jeff, what would you add to that? Well, some scholars propose the last trumpet of First Thessalonians 4 and the seventh trump of, of Revelation are distinct events uh, with similar symbolisms. And they yes. argue that the last trumpet primarily refers to the rapture of believers, while the seventh trumpet primarily signifies the end of the age and the final judgment. And that's where I would have to go, because it's very clear in the wording in Revelations eleven fifteen 
what happens after the seventh angel sounds the trumpet. Uh, and these are, these are trumpets of judgment. We've got to remember that. Uh, there's, you know, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments. So this is a judgment. And when the seventh angel sounds, there are great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So this, this seventh trumpet that the angel sounds in Revelations 11 is, um, still involved in the judgments that are falling on the world. So it is a trumpet of judgment. Every one of, you know, all the seal judgments, trumpet judgments, bowl judgments, all of them, 21 judgments in all. So this seventh one in verse 15 has to be a trumpet of judgment. But in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, 52, where it says, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound. That has to be a different trumpet because of what follows his telling us about the last trump. The dead shall be raised. But that's not what follows in Revelations 11, 15. Uh, there is a passing of uh, all power to uh, the kingdom of God. There is a dynamic shift. It's it, it's a furtherance of the judgments that are falling upon mankind. So it's very important that you read what follows the announcement of the trumpet. So again, in verse 15 of Revelations 11, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So there is a passing of all authority and all power and all dominion officially and finally and ultimately and consummately and forever to uh, God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet in First Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, what immediately follows the announcement of the trumpet is the catching up of the saints. So it's two different events that follow the announcement of the trumpets. So uh, that's where context is king. You know, three golden rules for Bible interpretation, context, context, context. You've got to read what comes before a verse, what comes after a verse. Read the entire verse very carefully, because again, two different events are described after these two different trumpets. So I have to say they are different trumpets and not the same. I hope that helps, Pablo. No, no, that that, that makes total sense. Yeah, that they that they are just two two different uh, categories of trumpet. Yes, they have to be because the scriptures are very faithful to give us what follows the blowing of the trumpet. And it's two completely different things. So, but that was a great question. And uh, I'm so glad to see that you're into your Bible to this level, because, uh, you know, the Bible is the greatest book in the world. It, it, to study it, you could spend a hundred lifetimes studying it and not plumb all of its depths. It's just the, uh, my all time, my, I cherish the Bible. And it's full of mysteries, full of things that challenge your your intellect and your and your uh, discernment, and uh, brings you to have to research it. And I appreciate your researching, Pablo. So, thanks for calling. Great question. And uh, stay on the line. We'll get you a couple of DVDs uh, for calling in, and you be blessed there in Nevada. And let's go now to Jeff in Dallas, my neck of the woods. 
Hello, Jeff. How can we help? Yes, good evening, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. So my question is about uh, a UFO. So recently we had the congressional hearing where uh, we had a few whistleblowers uh, state, uh, I think it was Grush, there was a a biologics that they found with uh, one of these crash UFOs. Now, my understanding is uh, UFOs are nothing but demonic deception. And from what I know, demons are spirits that can possess. So if putting that two together, then if a demon is a spirit, um, what are these non-biologics that were found? Like what exactly did the demons possess and who would pilot these crafts um, that they found the remains of? Uh, okay, number one, um, I don't believe in UFOs. I, I just, I don't think that it, it's unidentified flying objects as in something in the material world. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that aliens have come from other planets. You know, th- there's been all these sightings. I mean, you can go back to the 60s, 50s, and before that. I mean, UFOs were huge when I was a kid. There's always been this great curiosity. So many science fiction programs, you know, TV series and movies have been made by Hollywood based on the fascination with UFOs, ET, you know, uh, extraterrestrials and, and the whole bit. So there's always been this fascination. But but uh, you will note that with all of this to do about it, all right, unidentified flying objects being seen in the sky, pilots encountering them, no explanation for the speed or uh, the agility with which they uh, that they exercised. Uh, you know, the pilots claiming and the government claiming that uh, they were exercising abilities that are far beyond any aircraft we've ever created or seen, uh, all of this. And yet, there has never been an actual apprehension of an ET extraterrestrial uh, being, uh, only, you know, pictures of, of strange looking things, but sort of, it's sort of like the, the, uh, what is the Sasquatch, right? The, 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 <laughs> Bigfoot. the <laughs> Bigfoot walking around the wilderness. All these pictures have shown him, but you know, we've got a note again. He's never been actually approached, uh, talked to, uh, captured. There's just been these sightings. So I'm very skeptical when there's never been an apprehension of one, an ET, an extraterrestrial being. Second, I do believe there is a demonic component to it. This fascination with it. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 24. They, the disciples asked Jesus, what is going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay, they're asking the greatest prophet that ever lived, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, what are going to be the signs of the returning, of your return? What do we look for? Uh, what are what are some of the earmarks? The first thing out of his mouth, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. He says that four times in Matthew 24. And then in verse 24 of Matthew 24, there will, here he goes again, there will arise false Christs, false prophets, and show great signs and wonders. Now notice what he says, it's very important. They will show 
great signs and wonders. In other words, it will be real. It just won't have a godly source. They will show great signs and wonders, great signs, supernatural signs, that what they're saying, these false Christs and prophets, what they're saying, they will back up with signs and wonders. And Jesus said, it'll be so powerful, so convincing, that if it were possible, they will deceive even God's elect. You, me, the church, the redeemed. It'll be that convincing. So I think we need to go to the word with all of these things. Go to the Bible, you know, that tells us Satan presents himself as an angel of light. In other words, as a supernatural being of light, angelos, angel, a messenger from God. Satan literally presents himself to your eyes and your senses as a messenger of light. In other words, he whatever it is he shows you, it shines, it glows. It looks like it's from heaven. So I believe that this whole UFO fascination, and even our government meeting behind closed doors to look at all these things, I I would really uh, caution uh, all of our believing uh, brethren that are listening right now across America, I I would really caution uh, everyone to take all of this with a grain of salt because Again, we have to listen to what Jesus said four times. You better watch out because there's going to be global deception in the last days that will manifest from false Christs and false prophets, fake Christs and fake prophets, and they will show signs that are so convincing that even the elect will go, wow, well, maybe there is something to this. And I would, I would suggest that, that, uh, these are distractions, that these are things to get people's minds off of, um, the real light. And his name is Jesus. And, uh, and again, and one last thing, um, Jeff, and, and, and it's this. There are cults who, that can, that are, that insist that um, the world was visited by aliens centuries ago. Uh, The Mormons, Christian science, Christian science is built on the message that aliens visited planet Earth centuries ago. And that is one of the hallmarks, one of the pillars of their teaching. And that uh, all kinds of things are here on earth because of that. There are people right now who believe that aliens are walking among us in human form. But they get this from these cultic teachings that uh, earth has already been invaded by ETs. So you take the whole thing, you look at this whole issue from 30,000 feet. And you go, wait a minute, uh, we need to put on the brakes. We need to put on our discernment hats. And look carefully at this, because isn't it interesting that the cults use this kind of teaching to get our minds turned away from the true light, the Lord Jesus Christ? Your thoughts, Greg? 
Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent, Jeff. And Jeff, this is this is a great call. You know, I think we're getting some incredible, great call. some yeah. incredible calls, especially with what's going on. And I remember reading recently that out of the forty seven thousand, there's like over forty thousand, forty seven thousand uh, confirmed people have made these uh, these uh, these claims confirmed. Uh, sightings that out of all 47,000 of them, not one has been captured with a decent camera. You know, in this age that we live in, you would think that they would be yeah. able to have something by, except Everybody's for got just an iPhone. So, yes, exactly. Except some, some fuzzy little things zigging back and forth. And, and, uh, it is interesting that in the last, it really has been in, uh, in the last couple of years, I remember, um, NASA, I remember sharing an article in a, in a sermon maybe two years ago that NASA hired a couple of dozen professing religious leaders to be a part of this think, this think tank of, of how people are, you know, how is the faith community going to respond uh, if aliens are proven true and uh, just go, well, well, why are they, why are they, why are they kicking this into gear? Because like Pastor Jeff said, people have been reporting this obviously since 1947 has been the big one, Roswell, but, but why now? I, I think yeah. it's a good question, especially for us last days believers. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a distraction. You know, the Lord Jesus, I believe, is near. And so what better distraction to get everybody looking at UFOs? And I got to make a quick correction. I said Christian science. I should have said Scientologist. It's Scientology, you know, that Tom Cruise is a part of and yep. Travolta and some of those Hollywood folks um, are involved in so deeply. It's not Christian science. It was Scientology. So I want to make that correction. And uh, yeah. so, Jeff, I hope that helps. Um, uh, pastors, I actually agree with everything you said. My question was more directly, you know, with the uh, Congress sa saying they are in possession of an actual non-biologic, so what I would assume is a, a remain of some being that they say Can they I have respond a, to that, Jeff? in possession. They say, they say it's a non-biological? No, they say that it is biological. Can I? That it is biological? I, yeah. you know, again, Jeff, you know what? We haven't seen it. And if that's true, how in the world have they not come out just publicly and said, you know, here's what we've got. Why in the world would it remain behind closed doors? So again, and, and I got to tell you, in all honesty, I trust the government about as much as I trust uh, that I can, uh, th that I'm an astronaut. So um, <laughs> that I can go to the moon. So it's uh Again, you know, people say a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff floating around. I, I, if it's biological, it's amazing to me that scientists have not come out with it, that they haven't come out with it and declared openly since they're so, I mean, they have spent, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to send spacecrafts to other planets to find life because it would, be a huge boost for the teaching of evolution. Yeah. And I think that's been one of their motivations for going into other planets to look for life because they want to be able to say that it evolved elsewhere and not just here. So I'm, I'm skeptical that 
with such a fine, they wouldn't come out with it. But Jeff, we've got some other callers and, and, uh, I'm with you and I, I'm going to, I'm going to check on that, a, a biological specimen. That's interesting. But uh, again, I, I would, I would just, uh, encourage caution and skepticism. And I thank you, Jeff, for a great call. Great question. And, uh, let's go quickly to, uh, somebody had called about the Trinity. Did we, did we lose them? Mr. Producer, did we lose them? All right. We're going to go to Morella, San Jose, California. And hello, Morella. How can we help? Yes. Hi. I just, um, need some prayer and also guidance and forgot to show his, uh, truth and light. Now, my daughter and her husband, um, have been faithful to their church. They've been um, attending this church for about four to five years. And my daughter's husband has been recently taken over the youth pastor's position because the youth pastor took off out of a whim. He just got up with his family and um, left. And now my daughter's husband is being accused of trying to groom a 14 or 15 year old um, uh, little girl who I, who I, I was told that the last youth pastor took off because of that same little girl. Now, my son-in-law um, says that it's not true, that that was not his intent, but the church is basically um, um, really awful with my daughter as pastor's wife yells at her and keeps on telling her that she needs to leave him, that she cannot be with him, she cannot be at the house. Um, or else someone will call well, CPS. We're about to, our time's about to run up. Let me respond quickly. These are very difficult situations when they happen in a, in a church or really anywhere. Uh, I'm sure the authorities have become involved because it's law that you've got to report it. So all that remains here is for the authorities to investigate. They'll interview all the players involved uh, and they will come to a conclusion on their own. Uh, you mentioned that the other youth pastor was accused of this very same thing. If that's true, it could be that uh, this girl has an issue with saying these things when they're not necessarily so. Uh, it may also be very, very uh, true. I don't know. But I do know that time will tell. And as they investigate and ask their questions, they may do... Uh, lie detector tests. Uh, there's a lot of things they can do to get to the bottom of it, but they will eventually get to the bottom of it. And uh, that's all that I can say with the time we've got, Marilla. So our prayers are with you. That's a terrible situation. May God be with your daughter. Thank you, everybody, for listening to To Every Man and Answer today. Tune in tomorrow, same time. Until then, may God bless you. Thank you, Greg, for being with us. You did a great Appreciate job. It. God bless, yeah. everybody. Have a great, great day. See you next time. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. 
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 